are teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's hard? Effectively using technology in the classroom. Oy vey. That's for sure. <laughs> what is that word? I don't know what that word is. We are four brave women. Welcome to the first episode of a four-part series on technology in the classroom, giving you our tips and advice. And each episode will focus on one aspect of using technology with students. We do not pretend to be experts on any of this. We're just going to tell you what we've done. See what you think. Today, it's like the blind meeting the blind. <laughs> there we go. But that's okay. Kinda. Today we are talking about using technology to teach. How has your experience with using computers in the classroom changed over time? And give us all the truth. Downfalls, <laughs> negative experiences, along with the good. <laughs> I think it would be very different. Kathy. Yes. I think it'd be very different for, um, you know, those coming out of their credentialing programs right now, because they've just, they don't know any differently. Um, Mm. But I remember Mm -hmm. my very first computer in my classroom was an Apple IIe. I think they were really small screens. The monitor was really small and I had no idea what to do with it. Like in college, I they were cute though, weren't they? They, Yeah, they were. Um, (laughs) They were cute. But my kids even had to show me how to turn it on. Like I, I, I knew nothing about it. Literally, it was before I even owned my mm-hmm. own computer, <laughs> and it was that greenish screen with the big floppy disk, and they only had that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that Times New Roman type of font, like that really computery font. Oh yes, and, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't know how to use it other than have my kids practice like writing short stories or typing spelling words. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I it didn't come with training, there was just this computer in my classroom. So eventually, when finally you know we were past the floppy disk and we had CDs, I used to have my students play games like Math Blaster, Reading Blaster, Oregon Trail. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, I wasn't yeah. sure how to actively that. use it. It just was like another game, like a game system or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And on steroids yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was before we could go online too right oh, right. oh yeah so that's right no, yeah so there wasn't a lot you could i don't think there was that much you could do no mm-hmm. no <laughs> how about you deanne <laughs> well you know pretty much what kathy was saying i had the old apple computer and um i was working with special needs kids at the time and I, I think I did things like maybe Oregon Trail a little bit with them. And uh, I did get one for myself at home because I wanted to make you know, lesson plans and stuff. So I, I did it and like it printed out these huge sheets on, you know, with the printer. It was totally different. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they were the holes on the side. You had to tear them off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. And there were, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The zigzaggy with the perforation yes. things. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And they were kind of cumbersome. I mean, you know, they're not like laptops or anything. And, um, you know, but but for me back then, I mean, I was so intrigued with them. I just wanted to learn about them. I just thought they were cool. Well, that was good. You were intrigued. I'm going to take take you back a little further than the Apple IIe. We had Commodore Pets. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, but, but I know I'm, like I'm, 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 episode. I know I'm, I'm not a digital native, certainly by any means, like our kids are. And like a lot of our young teachers are now. Um, oh, yes. I, I was a digital tourist, but I was like an all in tourist. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, Show me the technology. Ah. Even now, my worst fear is I'm not going to live long enough to see all the technology that's there, that's coming. I love it. I totally love it, and I've embraced it. And so before those were even wheeled in, I had this dream one night, and I came flying down the hall before school, and I wish my friend Beth was listening to this. I hope you're out there, Beth. And I told her this vision. She'll vouch for me. I said, I had this dream that I walked down the same hall and I looked into every classroom and there was a computer sitting on the desk of every kid. And it was this little flip top computer. Like it was, it was a laptop. That's what I envisioned that every kid had a laptop on their desk. Like they do now with Chromebooks and Google and whatever. You're like a prophet. I I was in that, in that dream. I was like a prophet. Yes. And so, (laughs) so then I had to wait years and years and years until reality caught up with me. Where was I? What were we saying? Oh, that was my experience. So it's changed over time. And I was lucky enough to teach long enough that um, we did have one-to-one computing before I left. And so I, I kind of realized the dream in my life. Aww, <laughs> oh, that's so I feel nice. complete. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, I remember everything that Kathy said because Kathy and I are close in age, so we have yes. a lot of the same teaching experiences. But um, do you remember Kid Picks? Yes. Yeah, what are they? Ah, I don't remember. Oh, KidPix was this program, this was software that a district could purchase, and kids could do mapping on it, they could do drawing, they could do stamps, you could do all kinds of stuff with it. I used to have my kids make maps of Michigan, and they'd use stamps to graph the natural oh, resources. Cool. And Yeah, that was a great it's tool. Such, it really was a fun resource, and then, you know... It, you know, like everything, all good things must come to an end. And, and it did because it was old and outdated and yada, yada. But but, but when it was new, Tracy, it, it, nobody had the sense that it was like a dinosaur. It was like really cool and exciting, yeah. right? And motivating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> lots and lots of fun. So that was like an early one that I remember. Um, Gosh, what what this takes me back to is I think about like the classes that teachers have to take now in regards oh, to technology yeah, totally different. and just them. And I, oh my God, I think about my being in my undergrad, and you know I had to take a computer class and it was programming me for too. crying oh, out God. loud. You know, it's not, not, right moving that yeah, turtle thing. I had to know all computer languages, and it's like why, why, right? Right. Matching teeth. I needed a bite splint after that class was over. It was so god awful. <laughs> but that, you know, nothing was tailored for teaching back then. No. We we kind of were like given this stuff and then expected to figure it out and how to use it on our own a lot of the times because the classes certainly didn't prepare no. you. And, you know, no, and nobody knew how to use it either. So. No. So you know what they made teachers take was programming languages, which really didn't have 
any practical application for the lay person who was a no. teacher. So, well, and, I, and, yeah. and what was that tur- turtle thing that we was used logo. to do? So the kids would learn how to code, and there was like no reason to do that either before. Yeah, no, like five minutes passed, and it was obsolete. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Although, yeah. although so now, now our kids are yeah. starting to use similar type things when they program their robots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought, wow, this sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> and they're having to learn how to turn their robots. How many years did it take for it to come full circle? I yeah, mean, come it's on now. Probably 25, right? 27 years. Yeah. Yeah, probably something like that. Couldn't we have like connected the dots faster for them? (laughs) I know. All right, so let's talk about what are some of the purposes for using computers in the classroom? What are we What are we doing now? We know what we did then. What do we do now? So we know that using computers, giving kids. I hate a cringe every time I think about it. Screen time and can create active learning. Um, I do think, though, that it's important, and I'm going to get on my little soapbox here, that you you use yes. it wisely so that it's not overused because then the novelty wears off and the engagement goes down. Yeah. Um, so using a computer or a tablet or other devices encourages self-directed learning, and, and it can create an active participant in the learning process if it's used well and thoughtfully. Um, and, and that's the other thing. Like, it has the potential. I always think it has the potential to be so passive yeah. for kids. Mm-hmm. To zone out. So how we use yeah. it is really Yes. How we use it is really, really important. Mm-hmm. So, Deanne, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, I really do like the way it can encourage um, individual learning and growth. And because kids can learn at their own speed, you give them a program, they work on it, and they get the answers. You know, they come up with an answer, and there's there's a way to show them if they're right or wrong, and they can practice or, you know, skip what they don't need to do. And um, it helps for reviewing. And I also used to use it for um, rewards because kids used to love using the computer. So as a reward at the end of the day or something, I would let them, mm-hmm. you know, take turns with it. Yeah. So well, it also prepares them for the real world because the real world is digital. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. Teaching students how, how to use technology to learn, research, collaborate, and problem solve from an early age will better prepare them for their future careers. And it can also help reduce the fear of new technology in the future. I don't think any of them are afraid of that. Okay, but I had to say that. Uh, By familiarizing them with the discovery process for each new tool. So they are very comfortable already with phones and iPads and iPods and laptops and video games. But as we bring in new applications along with the the changes in the hardware that we get, Um, It does help them to develop a a level of comfort. I don't think any of them think technology is scary, but I'm sure there's some technology that they need to learn how to use. Well, I think what they think is scary is their teacher's reaction to when she doesn't work. That's it. That's it. It's like, help. Help me. Help me. Right? Yeah. How can 
problem solve. How do I become a flexible learner, right? This is what I <laughs> practice when I use technology in my classroom. I don't know about y'all, but that's yeah. what I'm practicing. How to be a flexible learner. And you know, when I was still in the classroom, I used to get calls from other classrooms to come and help fix their smart board. And, and mm-hmm. why isn't their computer working? And why isn't their Elmo presenter working? And mm-hmm. I'd have, my kids were always ready to take over the lesson. Mm-hmm. And I, and I go and help somebody. So, it. yeah. So when I left, I did, you know, that cup song, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. <laughs> well, when the same thing, like whenever I, would- but I don't think they do. Oh, I sorry, think go they- ahead. <laughs> No, I just, I think they probably have settled yes. in by now. <laughs> whenever my, whenever I would get stuck or I had a problems with my smart board, same thing, Retta. I wouldn't even ask. All of a sudden my kids would say, do you want us to get Mr. Patterson? He was my room partner. <laughs> that yeah. was, that was it. It was, all, yeah. it was always somebody came and, ne- and needed me to go yeah. to somebody else's room. Yes. Right. Well, and then I, I was thinking about yeah. what you were saying, Retta, about preparing students because, um, our kids mm-hmm. in my school have had computer lab with like computer lab teacher teaching lessons um, since kindergarten. And whenever we get new students, like this year, I have five new students who came from different schools. And that's mm-hmm. the area I see them really um, struggling in. So to do a lot of our online type assignments or to even type something with keyboarding skills they are really having a hard time with it because it's something they weren't exposed to before. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Like we hope every school would mm-hmm. kind of be equalized, but really it's, it's not. Um, and then oh, once I, yeah, go well, ahead. I think, I think that's actually an equity issue. I really do because it is. It, is. it has to do with funding of schools. It has to do with, you know, um, property tax. Well, I don't know about you guys, but Michigan schools are funded with property taxes. So, I mean, it's, it's in our state, that's an equity issue. That's a huge yeah. equity issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting because when my daughter went from our elementary into um, middle school, which is the same type of area also, mm-hmm. um, she said, mom, mm-hmm. half, mm-hmm. Of, half of these kids in my class don't even know how to do XYZ, you know, PowerPoint or how to use Google Docs or, and yeah. same thing. So I said, well, you should go back and thank our computer teacher that he taught you so well, <laughs> you know, it, because you are prepared. Right. Um, right. And so, yeah, it's big. Yeah. Um, I think also using technology for me has really made me a better teacher in many ways because I have access to so much, um, so many more like lessons, like virtual field trips or other resources I can draw on. I can find information so much more quickly rather than relying on my binders, you know? I know, you know, when you think about when you first started teaching, like the amount of information, I mean, how, I know our jobs are hard and in many, many ways they've gotten a lot harder from the start of my career to now. But one of the things that has gotten easier is there to me in my mind, there's no excuse yes. not to be prepared. There's yeah. so much. And the flow of information, the collaboration that takes place now yeah. online between teachers and ideas with blog mm-hmm. podcasts like this, there's TPT, there's, you know, there's all there's kinds Pinterest. of stuff going on in terms of yes. the flow of information. Yes. And you can find a Facebook group for any problem you're having and get in there and be part Absolutely. of the discussion. Absolutely. 
And There's it's always like, someone to ask questions of. Yeah. It's like yeah. second nature to us now, you know? It's like, I don't know, part, part of us. I can't even imagine being without it now. Well, yeah. even right. the technology. Right. So, and sometimes, I was going to say, some. Uh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, sometimes yes. there's too much information. Yes. And then it's overwhelming. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But I was thinking just yeah. even technology yes. to make our jobs easier. I mean, little things like now I have a website, but 30 years ago, I literally was by hand drawing out my newsletter with like cute little things on it and, mm-hmm. you know, and then use my, use the purple ditto right. machine to get it out to all my parents. Oh God, no, not ditto machine. Yes. Remember that purple hands? Yeah, yes, it, it smelled so good. <laughs> yeah, it did smell good. It smell, I do. I love it. So I wonder if I wonder if new teachers now don't have never don't heard know. of. They probably don't even know what it is. I know. No. What's that? I should do that experiment. I, you know, my mom had saved a lot of her teaching stuff, and then my grandmother's teaching stuff, and passed it down <laughs> to me. And I found a box the other day, and there are. I should bring them into the lounge and just kind of show them around to some of the new and pieces. The front of it, the front yeah. page is all yeah. purple because it gets blurry over the years, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so, you know what? I kind of miss that excitement because when and they would kids would get, the, would get their new ditto pages, yeah. they'd yeah. smell it and they'd it get nice really stuff. excited. I think there was something in there that heightened <laughs> the excitement or something. <laughs> Because they were really happy to do their work. No, <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ladies, let's go on. Let's talk about our favorite websites or apps that we use for teaching with kids or for practicing concepts. Yes. But that was really soft music. I thought a little Plaza nice. Antigua would be great, but woo, that was oh. and a so, pina colada. Yeah, <laughs> so relaxing. I so, know. Dan, what about you? What were some of your favorite? What are some of your favorite websites or or well, apps? Um, well, I yeah, I have. Um, I used to do like web quests with the kids and stuff, and I found a few sites, and and they're really pretty good. And I did it mostly for ancient history, and there's one called uh, historyforkids.net. Mm-hmm. And it had it had lots of, you know, information about all different types of history, um, you know, Rome, Greece, e- Egypt. Mm-hmm. And the other one, the other one is um, ancient history by it's, it's a doc, Mr. Don. And he's got all kinds of things on his side. He's got games and quizzes and PowerPoint programs. And it's it's really a helpful yeah. site. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Well, I like um I found one. It's called getepic.com, G-E-T-E-P-I-C.com. And it's got all kinds of, um, you can hook students up with leveled books, leveled reading. It's really cool. You could load your class in. Mm. There is a part portion of it that would be paid, like if parents want to access it at home. But they Ooh. give it to teachers for free. Because teacher, wow. right. teachers right. do their marketing for them, right? Because the kids... Is using it at school, and the parent wants them to be able to use it at home, and that's what the part that they have to pay for. Um, so I've discovered that um, we use reading A to Z, and there's a lot of great. Um, I can do a book that I can do it nonfiction or um, fiction book if they're leveled. Um, I can do it projectable on my smart board, or I can print a single sided or a mini book or something. So. 
a lot of times, like if I'm looking for literature on a certain topic and I need it to be down and dirty and easy to get my hands on, I'll go there. Um, Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And then one of my new, one of my favorite things, um, I love word doing word clouds with the kids. And I used to use Wordle.net, but I really, it's gotten clunky. And part of that is because of the, our system that we have in our district. So I've been using ABCYA, A-B-C-Y-A, and they have a word cloud app on there. They've got so many cool things that you can do on that site if you haven't checked it out. I think pe- people who are listening in their cars probably <laughs> well, should pull we'll, over. We'll right? our show notes. Yeah. So. <laughs> we'll Yes. yes. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. And then News News LA, um, yes. that's one of my favorite ones too. Um, and they actually, did you know, they have tech sets on there. They have tech sets of articles so that you have literature and nonfiction Ooh. that is already paired together. Oh my gosh, tech. I thought you said tech. Text. Right. T-E-X-T. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know, you could take an article that's written for a high school student and gear it down to a fifth grader. They'll simplify the language and the sentence lengths it's and, so awesome. and there it is. Boom. You, I think you can go wow. as low as fourth. Think, yeah, grade. I think you is can go down true? to fourth or maybe even third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could Okay, yeah. Yeah, we use that in fourth. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, that's that's huge for a number of populations, right? Because they're high interest articles, but they can be whittled yes, way down. Yes, I love how you can level it, but they can all access the same information. Right. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. What are well, some of your favorites? One that I discovered a few years ago that my partner was using is Edu Creation like education, but education and creation. Mm. And this is a website for teachers to create um, teaching videos and not like with your face or anything, but literally like you use the screen of an iPad Mm. or on your laptop. And so like when I've taught different strategies, say for fractions or different Uh strategies for multiplication, it's my voice talking with me showing problems exactly the way I would do it in class. And then it saves as a video and I've had oh, more parents and sounds, kids tell me, I, I rewatched that. that so many times because their parents are hearing how I'm explaining things and kids, it kind of jogs their memory as they watch <gasps> it again and they just keep replaying it. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Mind blown. Yes. Because then I could do that. And then you could dump yes. it on your Google classroom yes. site if you use Google classroom. And then can you access it from home? Oh my gosh! Can you imagine when I have a someone's absent? When I have a substitute teacher, I can put a lesson in there. They could watch. Oh, and it's so great! So the kids know your voice, right? They know the way that you speak, and then if they need to pause it at certain parts to like rewind it, they can do that. It's really great, and it's free. Yeah, and then. This year I'm teaching science for one of the first times because usually I had like my partner did science and I did social studies. But this year I discovered um, it's called Mm -hmm. Crash Course for Kids. And it is a science Mm -hmm. channel on YouTube. And it's kind of done in an animated format, but all the things I've had to cover so far have been on it. And so it's just one of the things I've used 
to motivate oh, the kids. Cool. And they're like, play it again, play it again. It has all the concepts that I'm going over, you know, the NGSS, but it's done in a really fun way that they remember and it sticks in their heads. Yes. So it's Very teaching cool. me too. Great. <laughs> How about you, Reddit? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> well, I kind of um, specialized in science in my little list that I made too, but I spent about 20 minutes just trying to recall the name of this online poster maker that I used to love for kids to work on either alone or in groups. It was called Glogster, G-L-O-G-S-T-E-R. There's a newer one out now called Posterini. So I definitely recommend looking at those. Posterini. It does. Sounds like an Italian dish Mm -hmm. of some sort, you know. Yes, it does. I don't know, but it's posters. Um, I, I like time for kids a lot. Use that a lot. Ex- Exploratorium is great. Mm-hmm. And now my favorite was um, the Jason Project. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, it, it was uh, originated probably about 20 years ago or more. And um, it was uh, originated by Robert Ballard, mm-hmm. who explored the wreck of the Titanic. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he went on um, TV on National Geographic with it, I think, and got all of these letters from people saying, I wish I could have gone with you. That was so exciting. And he started this whole program at Woods Hole um, where, you know, he, he had his base. Um, he's an oceanographer. And um, he would take teachers and students on these quests around the world. And he'd literally take a team of teachers and scientists and they'd pick students to go with them. Um, wow. One of my students actually went one year. That was a really big year for us. Um, and and we, he went to the rainforest wow. for that one. Um, mm. And, and, you know, we participated for so many years. And then my last few years of teaching, I found them again online. And they've got this thing that's called live events. Mm-hmm. So if you go to jason.org and look up live events, on these live events, they have real STEM role models, people who work in STEM careers. Mm-hmm. Come on, and they show video of them actually engaging in, you know, what their job is, and they talk about their job, and kids can ask questions. So we used to record questions with my cell phone after school the day before the event. We'd get our questions together, and and we'd shoot these little clips and then upload them to their site. And so they cut away to a kid asking a question, and then the scientist, mathematician, or whatever answers that kid's question. It's really powerful. Um, They have 88 videos online right now. And in the early days when they first started this, I swear we were the only class watching in the universe. So Mm. most of the kids, if you go back to the really early videos, you're going to see my kids (laughs) in there asking questions. But your kids can do that now, too. And and you can pick and choose. They It's a YouTube channel mm-hmm. where they have all of their um, past live events. So I definitely recommend looking into that. Well, ladies, we are almost out of time. So let's go ahead and transition to what's your what is your number one tip for using computers as a teaching tool? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I think uh, one of my fears also about using computers or having them so accessible is that often our kids don't know how to do things offline. <laughs> so I, my tip is really to begin assignments offline. Like uh-huh. before I even pass out the Chromebooks or the students get their Chromebooks, make sure that your class understands what it is they're going to be doing. Uh, make sure they know the directions. Make sure that if they they need to draft something or their thoughts before they type or record, that they do it on paper first. Um, and that way I find, I find that kids do a mm-hmm. much better job of uh, of their assignments because they're not so distracted by wanting to jump in immediately and start whatever it is we're doing. Right. Good advice. How about you, Deanne? Mm. I guess to go along with that, you know, just make sure you're really organized in your assignments and what you, what you expect them to do uh, because things can get pretty crazy if you're not. Mm -hmm. So that's mine. (laughs) And you read it? Oh, yeah, well, I agree with, with um, <laughs> yeah, Kathy. Who are you, Kathy? Um, the, the absolute, absolutely, that you, <laughs> you should start offline and start with some good old-fashioned paper planning and graphic organizers. But I also try to remember that the kids are really digital mm-hmm. natives. They've learned what they know about technology by playing with it. They've been playing with it all their lives. So don't discount play so quickly. Play is part of learning. And when they have new technology, I might teach them just one or two things about it and then let them play around with Good it advice. before there's yeah. an actual mm-hmm. assignment. Good advice. I think that I think that mine would be um well there, there's a couple of things here. The first thing is is that when you're planning something using the computers with your kids, ask yourself, what are you teaching them? Because sometimes, sometimes teachers don't use computers in a way that teaches kids. Right. And so I guess to be clear, like really, truly ask yourself, what are you teaching them? What are they learning with what you're about to do? And then the other thing that um, I ask myself all the time is, what am I teaching them about the technology? And then besides the subject matter, right? What what are they learning about technology? Because anytime that I can do that twofold, um, it becomes a more powerful lesson because then I'm not just teaching them to do something. I, I'm using the technology as a teacher. Yes. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm, I'm Right. Like, yes. I'm not just saying make this pretty picture in drawing. I'm also teaching them some components right. of Google Drawing that they so didn't that they know about they can use before. it again next time. So there's exactly. two sets of goals. Mm-hmm. Right. There's two sets of goals. So that would be mine. Well, listeners, this is all we have time for today. We hope you've enjoyed our first episode in our technology series. As much as we have, we have enjoyed it. <laughs> um, we'd be sure. Yeah, it was fun. fun. <laughs> Check out our blogs in the show notes and any of the other links that we've talked about with the, the online resources in this post or up this podcast. If you like what you hear, give us a shout out, leave us a comment, give us some stars on your listening platform. And be sure to join us next week because it's our second episode. Dun, dun, dun. Ways to use technology to collaborate because you teach so hard. Oh.